I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 97, Why I'm Against Net Neutrality. So I thought I'd mix it up a little bit by doing a podcast on a political issue, because most of the recent episodes of Light On, Light Through have been about television, motion pictures. But as you'll soon hear, it turns out that this political issue has a lot to do with television and motion pictures and things we see on screens, not in movie theaters, but in our homes, on our phones, on our tablets. So why am I against net neutrality? Well, President Obama expressed his strong support for net neutrality during his visit to China last month in November. I usually agree with most of the things Barack Obama supports, but here briefly is why I don't agree with him on this issue. In the first place, I see any attempt to regulate non-criminal communication in the United States via the Federal Communications Commission or otherwise as a violation of the First Amendment, which says, quote, Congress shall make no law abridging freedom of speech or press. And as those of you who have been listening to this podcast and reading my blog posts over the last almost 10 years know, I think this prohibition in the First Amendment needs to be taken very seriously, lest we slide into societies such as the one in, well, China, right now, where media are still controlled by the government. This means the FCC should keep its hands off media, even when their actions would support or enable good things. Because an FCC that gets involved in our media to do good things can use that same power to do things that are not good. But I don't think net neutrality is a good thing. And by the way, what is net neutrality? It's the idea that the government should enforce equal access, not just of consumers, but this is the important point, but of producers, people who make things to be put out online, that everyone should have equal access. That sounds like a good thing, but consider this. How many people watch movies and television shows on Netflix, either on their smart television screens or on their laptops, their iPhones, their tablets, and so forth? Well, the statistics say 36 million Americans use Netflix in one way or another, and 63% of those people use Netflix to stream. So that's millions and millions of people who use Netflix to stream movies and television shows. That may include you. And how do you feel when you are streaming a movie or television show on Netflix, or it could be from Amazon Prime or from YouTube, when the movie freezes or the connection is lost? 
Smoother streaming is what favored access on the internet is all about. Note that that kind of favored access, which would say that Netflix and Amazon would not be as likely to occasionally freeze or have their connections lost as they are now, that would not lock out any other person or IP. What it would do is just give better service to organizations like Netflix and Amazon, which serve millions and millions of people. Now, I tend to be a utilitarian in the James Millian and John Stuart Millian. That's James Mill and John Stuart Mill, his son, the two philosophers who are most associated, along with Jeremy Bentham, with utilitarian philosophy. That goes back to the 19th century, and it says the public good is best defined by the greatest good to the greatest number of people. So when millions and millions of people are helped by better streaming, and net neutrality could well get and would get in the way of that, that explains right there why I'm no friend of net neutrality. Now, favored, smoother streaming would also help mega internet providers such as Verizon and Comcast, and this has led some people to say that unless we have net neutrality, big corporations will further dominate communication and media, and thereby American life. But in our current configuration, huge corporations already dominate our media. Traditional media, whether Viacom or Comcast, already have massive power and control over what we're able to see and when we see it. It's streaming that gives people another option, a greater choice over what they see with more specific options. And certainly, competition is good for the consumer of television and movies. And net neutrality, ironically, would weaken this competition by making Netflix and Amazon less effective. And so, ironically, the result would serve not consumers, the result of net neutrality, but traditional media giants who already dominate the market via cable television. Now, just to be clear... I would vigorously oppose any attempt to block anyone's access to the Internet, including charging people for that access. I'm a firm believer in the freedom of the Internet, freedom in terms of expression, but also in terms of not paying for what you get. The free Internet is one of its great features. But net neutrality is not needed to maintain those freedoms, and, indeed, it could impede them by bolstering the corporations that emerged well before the current Internet, don't yet completely understand it, and therefore still stand in the way of the democratization of media that the Internet has brought us. So, that's my little spiel against net neutrality. I urge you to think about this issue and do some more research on it. See if you agree with what I'm saying. 
And I'll be back here soon with another episode of Light on, Light Through. In the meantime, enjoy. The Light on, Light Through podcast. Athens, 2042 A.D. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left, again, into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson spilled code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for centuries. 